The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Star Wars 7 by 7 episode 1,271. Considering the reveal of Rey's parentage in The Last Jedi, or at least assuming that what we have been told is true, whether or not it's from a certain point of view, we have to ask ourselves a question about this sequel trilogy, which is this. Whose trilogy is it? Punch it, Chewie. Hey, I'm Anthony Bresnikan, covering the Star Wars galaxy for Entertainment Weekly, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey, Rebel Rouser. Welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and... I'm assuming by now you've seen The Last Jedi. If I'm assuming incorrectly, then I got to tell you to save this episode for a later date. But if you have seen it already at least once, then let's proceed together, shall we? You know, I started thinking about this because of the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy, right? So the original trilogy is ostensibly about Luke Skywalker, and I'm talking about this from the perspective of... 1977 through 1983, right? Not knowing the prequels, not knowing anything about the events that would happen there or anything like that. Just, it's about Luke Skywalker, but ultimately it also becomes about how he redeems his father to the light side of the force, okay? And then when the prequel trilogy comes along, it's actually about Anakin and about his fall. And so once that prequel trilogy is done, now it casts the original trilogy in a whole new light because now it isn't just about Luke, it's more framed around the redemption of Anakin Skywalker. I mean, yes, there was that as sort of a subplot, if you will, with Return of the Jedi originally, because it's, you know, okay, one thing, are they going to destroy the Empire and bring peace and justice to the galaxy? But in the meantime, there's the family drama. Is Luke going to be able to redeem Vader in the process? But once Lucas does the prequel trilogy, then he says, yeah, really, all six of these movies are about Vader slash Anakin. And it's about the fall, which is the first three episodes of Star Wars. And then it's about the redemption, which is the next three episodes. And you know what? You know, I don't know if it's really about the redemption necessarily. I mean, it's nice to think of it that way and certainly offers a bit of symmetry, especially in light of the whole ring theory thing and all that stuff. I mean, I guess you can make a case for it, certainly. And I think something that potentially works for that is the fact that he wouldn't necessarily know that it's time for redemption or anything like that until he finds out that he has a kid. And he doesn't find that out until the original Star Wars happens. And shortly thereafter, he finds out that he has a son. I think ultimately it's kind of hard to think of the original trilogy as his redemption cycle because not a lot of time is spent on him comparatively speaking right it's spent more with our heroes than it is with the villains because you know that's what we want to see but yeah it is essentially a redemption story for him great so now we get to considering the sequel trilogy and you know the the thing that occurred to me as i was preparing for this episode was 
a line that I don't even know where I heard this, but it's an old saw about how grandparents and grandchildren have a common enemy, that being the parents, of course. And so in this particular case, Darth Vader and Ben Solo had a common enemy in Han Solo and to a lesser, but probably still to a notable degree, Princess Leia herself. So if you start from the proposition that the first six movies are about Anakin, that the first three are his fall, the second three are his redemption, then the next three, which are the ones we're in the middle of now, would be his legacy, basically. How the galaxy thinks of him many years down the line, the next generation down the line, and what kind of story is the next generation of Skywalkers carrying around about him. So when you shoot it through that kind of lens, then you really get to see in sharp focus the huge failure of Princess Leia and Han Solo and the New Republic itself, which was to not tell the story of Anakin Skywalker. I mean, that is probably the biggest propaganda piece that they could possibly have gotten out into the world, and yet they decided not to do it. And ultimately, it becomes a Luke and Leia thing because they're really the ones who knew that fact and were walking around with that information and decided that they were not going to share it with the world. And of course, that leads to problems because if you haven't read the novel Bloodline by Claudia Gray, then I'll just tell you very briefly that six years before the events of The Force Awakens, the word finally gets out that Darth Vader was Princess Leia's father, her actual biological father. But it's not Anakin Skywalker was. The media narrative that gets driven is that it was Darth Vader specifically. So ultimately, they lose control of that story. And more importantly, they lose control of that story specifically for Ben and how he has the news broken to him. Or at least that's the best guess we can make because in Bloodline, we don't actually see a scene where Ben finally finds out that Darth Vader was his grandfather. It's only presumed by Leia that... He's going to hear about it on the holonet someplace before she ever has a chance to talk to him. And so what does Ben do with his legacy in The Last Jedi? Well, thanks to a final ridiculing by Supreme Leader Snoke, he essentially rejects the legacy, abandons it, and kind of comes into his own. And in that sense, he also kind of steps away from the whole Skywalker thing, too. He is not worried about carrying on traditions. He is not trying to emulate his grandfather anymore. None of that is happening. Instead, he has essentially become his own person. And at the same time, the idea of redemption for Ben is gone, right? Leia wanted to bring him home and have him redeemed in The Force Awakens, but the conversation that Luke and Leia have toward the end of The Last Jedi is such that they both decided that he is not redeemable, and as much as a shame as that is, it's the fact of the matter, and they are moving on from the idea of redeeming him, and instead they're just going to deal with him however best they can. So you've got one Skywalker who is now considered beyond redemption, and whose only exit option in Episode Nine is to die, essentially. And then the other two Skywalkers who are left, Luke and Leia, well, Luke died in The Last Jedi, and Leia is going to be dead by the time we get to Episode Nine because they have already said they are not going to do CGI or anything fancy like that for Episode Nine, and there's no reason to think that 
they're just going to refer to Leia being off somewhere in the background someplace and not address her passing, the passing of Carrie Fisher specifically, especially considering that based on the way they ended The Last Jedi, we're looking at a multi-year jump between The Last Jedi and Episode Nine, probably 10 years or more at the very least. And if you haven't noticed by now, I will point out to you the fact that I haven't really talked very much at all about Rey in this episode. And so that's what I'm kind of arriving at conclusion-wise, that as much as these first two movies have been presented to us as being about the next generation of Jedi and that being established largely in the person of Rey, that ultimately it's not necessarily about her and it's not necessarily about the new generation of Jedi at all. Instead, I really am beginning to think that the sequel trilogy is about the destruction of the Skywalker legacy. And when Luke is saying it's time for the Jedi to end, you know, what's really happening is not that. What's really happening is that it's time for the Skywalkers to end. And that's where you get into the whole democratization of force powers, which it was always democratized, right? Just the fact that we had this focus on the Skywalker family that was built up from the original trilogy it utterly ignores the prequel trilogy and the fact that there were hundreds, if not thousands of families from so many different species across the galaxy that had force powers that went to get trained and have those powers developed, right? But even if they didn't, the powers were still there across species all over the galaxy. And maybe Rey will ultimately pull off what Luke was unable to do, which is to restart the Jedi Academy and have it actually work going forward as a means of creating new protectors of peace and justice in the galaxy. And it won't be tainted by this whole Skywalker family business. But even that right there, it's still defining things by the Skywalker legacy because it's definition is being something that the Skywalker legacy is not. You know what I mean? So as much as Rey and Finn and Poe are presented to us as the heroes of this new trilogy, I think it's very much like the original trilogy in the sense that Luke and Leia and Han were presented to us as the heroes of the original trilogy, but it wasn't really so much about them as it was about Anakin and Darth Vader. And in this case, I think the sequel trilogy really is about Kylo Ren, a.k.a. Ben Solo, and about the ultimate end of the Skywalker saga and the Skywalker family line. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on the matter. Please do share them at the comments of the blog post for the show's episode at SW7X7.com. All right, I'm going to take a quick break and be right back with one more bit of business. Stay tuned. This podcast is brought to you by Nissan Intelligent Mobility. And I guess the best way you can think about Nissan Intelligent Mobility is to kind of equate it to having an astromech right inside your car, right? You know, the X-Wings will have astromechs, but in this case, it's not going to plot your hyperspace jump for you. What it is going to do, what Nissan Intelligent Mobility is going to do is things like automatic emergency braking and blind spot warnings and Nissan's new ProPilot Assist to keep you centered in your lane. And it begins the journey toward autonomous driving with advanced driver assist technologies. You can learn more about it at sw7x7.com slash NIM. Yeah, that's the initials for Nissan Intelligent Mobility. Once again, that's sw7x7.com slash NIM. Welcome back. 
All right, I've got a bit of a postscript to the Jedi business episode from yesterday, and it's the fact that there seems to be a little bit of a war going on at Forbes' website. Scott Mendelson, who is the guy that I've always seen doing box office things, not just about Star Wars, but about all different movies, you know, he's covering it all, and he's the guy who I've seen do some terrific analysis, not again just about Star Wars, but about lots of other movies as well. He seems to be the go-to guy on there, but... As I've been watching the stuff about The Last Jedi and the box office stuff, there's another guy named Rob Kane who's been showing up in the searches for Forbes. And for all of the very calm and cool and rational stuff that Scott Mendelson is writing, this guy, Rob Kane, is writing really alarmist negative stuff about The Last Jedi. And as an example for you of the kind of stuff he's writing, consider this headline, The Last Jedi's gargantuan $151 million second weekend plunge is an epic Hollywood choke, quote unquote. And in the article, he uses words like debacle and fiasco. And for some random reason, which I think this is sort of a darling more than anything, is that he decides to compare the calamity of the last jedi's box office performance to earthquakes and bridge collapses like it's a metaphor that doesn't really carry through very well but the thing of it is is that he's focusing on the 151 million dollar drop which is certainly a significant thing but there's no additional context that it's put into whatsoever and that's where mendelssohn has been really awesome by comparison but the thing is, I think Mendelssohn is taking notice of stuff like this because the article that he wrote for Forbes most recently is with this headline, How Can Star Wars Recover from Last Jedi's Rave Reviews, Huge Grosses? Okay, so that's a whole different thing, right? He's basically skewering the idea that people are going, Oh no, The Last Jedi, ugh. You know, it's doing so terrible, but it got rave reviews and it's making tons of money. It's making it hands over fists still. And in fact, in the opening of the article itself, he says, I never thought I would have to play defense for a movie with a $220 million opening weekend and an 11-day total just over under $400 million domestic. But here we are. And this is where he really gets into the details. He talks about its multiplier over the course of the first 11 days. He talks about how Star Wars and Empire didn't open wide and Return of the Jedi and the Phantom Menace opened on Wednesdays and Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith opened on Thursdays. And it's really just not the same comparisons because the marketplace has changed. And there are all these other things that he brings into the whole situation. Like he looks at how the Hobbit sequels played out, which is probably a closer comparative. And he also looks at <laughs> I Am Legend and Star Trek Nemesis and the Avengers and Jurassic World. Like everything about how he looks at movies seems more rational and more logical, even though the result still happens to be something that sounds more favorable to me as a Star Wars fan. I mean, you know, as much as you might like or dislike the franchise or the direction it's going, I never like seeing Star Wars being bashed in the media for any particular reason, you know? I mean, if it deserves it, it deserves it. But this is the sort of thing where I don't think it deserves to be pounded on like that. But even though, again, Mendelssohn's stuff is definitely complementary to The Last Jedi, I gotta say, it still reads as more rational than this other crazy stuff. 
So for what it's worth, I'm aware that there are other voices that are trying to ride this train of negative audience reviews that may or may not be utterly and completely skewed and not entirely accurate by any stretch of the imagination. And they're trying to create additional drama for it in the actual box office numbers. I don't know that it's really the case, and I think I'm going to be sticking with Mendelssohn's analyses because it makes a heck of a lot more sense. He brings a lot more mathematics and analysis to it than anyone else I've ever seen, and so, yeah, I'm sticking there. Anyway, (laughs) just to let you know, since I guess that sort of bears on conversations that we've had this year about media sources and voices that do a really good job of giving us great information about the Star Wars movies. And I'd say that Mendelssohn is definitely on that list and has earned his spot on it time and again. And I think we'll just stick with him and roll with that. Anyway, that is going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening, as always. And may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you pick up another pathetic life form, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you like what you've been hearing, support the podcast at patreon.com SW7x7. It's not a pod race bet, it's destiny unleashed. is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders may the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2017 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.